Welcome back to Kind of Funny's MCU in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every Marvel Studios show and movie. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Oh, he's muted. muted. Ah, look at him. He doesn't know what to do anymore. He's struggling. Panic. Oh, he's running away. We scared him. This little man can't do the show anymore. Okay, I'm I'm back. It's just whenever I whenever I do this, I always have to switch over to a different thing in order for you to hear all the sound effects that I produce. You know, uh, it's a whole thing. It's an artist at work, of course, of course, and of course we have the return to some kind of funny content. Greg Miller, hello Tim, how are you? Very good, very excited to talk to you about this. You missed out on our reactions to the finale last week. I know, so I don't know what you guys thought of it. I didn't get a chance good. to watch it, so I'm stoked. Yeah. Fresh takes. Excited for that. Hold on. Why you do this background, takes. by the way, Greg? It it's fantastic. my new setup thing. I can turn on the proton pack. I thought it was cropped out. I'm going to go turn it on. Can you please yeah, turn, turn it on, it on man. Rev it up. Let's get some colors going. Thank you, Greg. Kevin Coelho, the big dog. How are you doing? Yo, I hate you. I hate you so fucking much. <laughs> yeah, You're doing that. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. Look, it's God. on. It's so cool. The lights are moving around. You like that? Uh, huh? Greg, we like it's got like now, it Kevin. Lot. Here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. Sorry, oh, everybody. I've been on content in over a week. I've like been on content in over a week. So there's gonna be fun. a lot of anger. There's gonna be a lot of rage. There's gonna be a lot of energy here. You know what I mean, Andy? Yes, Think yes. all those kittens you once had, Andy. They're in here. Meow, there, meow. There. He Kevin, them. here's the thing. All right. That proton pack back there, right, is is got a bunch of C batteries in it. You ever seen these motherfuckers? You, <laughs> you whip these things at Shawn Michaels. He won't react, but everybody else will. That's a D-Generation X documentary reference if anybody ever saw it. Anyways, there it is. Yeah, Andy knows what I'm talking Holy about. You guy knows what's up. So what I need to know, Kevin, is do you think you have it in you to replace all those C batteries with some kind of rechargeable battery? A rechargeable battery? Yeah, like so I don't have to all worry this about like this thing show. eat like every day I'm gonna turn on this proton pack for content. How many C batteries am I gonna have to bury under my my apartment? You know, under my house. What am I gonna do? I, here's the thing. I don't know if I, I have the ability, but I'm sure that there's an easy way to like clip those wires and just have it go into a wall plug. It's a weird okay. challenge. But what about when I want to wear the pack then? That's my active pack. It's mm, your active mm, interesting. Mm, that mm, that you hear, the producer yeah. slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Nick, I have a question for you. Yeah. Like, do you did you expect like Greg to need to let the rage and anger out here yeah. on MCU oh, yeah. in review? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like out of all, so like, why are those his go tos? For I don't know what you want. I woke up. I woke up. I was excited. I'm back on content. A week off. I do the old stretch. Get out of bed. Oh, <laughs> feel my whole toes on too. the floor. You get a picture of them all. They're <laughs> out there like pigs? Fraser Crane tickling the ivory. Toss like out and scrambled eggs. Like hey, what do I see on the calendar? Nothing. I'm not booked on a goddamn thing till we get to three thirty in the afternoon. So I've been sitting here. I've been drinking my own coffee and French press just waiting, just fucking sitting here. Andy, you remember football players? <laughs> you remember how they, they're, yeah, the remember. Room, they're like the, ready to go. It's been years since anyone's right seen now. one. <laughs> 
this unfortunately is kind of funny's mcu in review our show in review is where we rank and review different movie franchises we do two a week uh right now we are doing pixar in review and we just wrapped up mortal kombat in review you can go check that out now on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com if you want to get it as a podcast search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free and live as we record it patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to be just like the nanobiologist and Sven McHale our two patreon producers that we appreciate so very very much uh today we're brought to you by HBO Max but we'll tell you about that later because I want to get right into it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh with a runtime runtime of around four hours and 40 minutes minus credits and all of that stuff uh released six episodes between March 9th and April 23rd 2021 on Disney plus the showrunner was Malcolm Spellman, um, an American screenwriter and producer best known for his work on Empire. Uh, and he is set to co-write a fourth Captain America film starring Sam Wilson uh, that was announced right after we recorded the review, the reaction for Falcon and Winter Soldier's finale. So that's exciting stuff. I got you. Uh, the director was Carrie Scogland, who directed all the episodes, similar to how WandaVision was done, which is a rarity for TV. So another cool thing to see uh, here continuing the MCU. She directed episodes of Boardwalk Empire, The Borgies, and in 2014, the miniseries Sons of Liberty. Uh, she's also done and is known for episodes of History Channel's Vikings, and she directed several memorable episodes of Hulu's original series, The Handmaid's Tale, including the season one finale. The music was done by Henry Jackson, or Henry Jackman, who also did Winter Soldier and Civil War, which is why there are so many amazing references and homages to the music and themes from those, including Falcons and Zemos, and uh, even John Walker's theme is a nice mix of some things. Uh, budget of $150 million, so about $25 million an episode, which puts it at about the same place as WandaVision. That had $225 million, which also came out to $25 million an episode. It just had a couple more episodes. And there you go. Greg, I want to start with you. What did you think about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I had a really good time with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I don't think it had the highs of WandaVision where we were sitting there theorizing, freaking out, uh, big reveals whether they banned out or not. Uh, but I love uh, Sam and Bucky, and I love the relationship they had here, and I thought they really did a great job with that. It's... Outside of that, though, the thing I kind of struggle with is, but like, what else? What, like, I enjoyed it every time I watched it, and we came out of them, and we we talked about oh, that was an even better episode than last, or yada yada yada. And I think the penultimate episode to the season was really really good. I think it just struggles with. I don't think they stuck the landing. Like, I don't think the. I'm not, and I know you guys kind of already covered this. Sorry, but uh, I don't. The finale didn't leave me like holy shit. Like, I thought it was solid and obviously i love the suit and i love seeing sam become captain america and i love the end stuff with bucky and him at the you know uh with the crawfish boiler or whatever and like i love that familial thing they did but it was just it all came together really awkwardly fast and there were some super i thought cheesy moments in it and like i didn't think the speech hit i think the spit speech played out like a comic book which is cool, but that isn't what MCU's been doing, let alone what the show had been doing. So for him just monologuing and monologuing and monologuing at these people and then having them change their mind off, I was like, all right. Like, I would have rather seen them mm -hmm. go back and be... And, like, there's so much great stuff in here, you know, the Isaiah Bradley stuff and, uh, uh, again, the character development, a lot of the fight scenes. It, it's really a good time, but Flag Smashers didn't do it for me. I think, you know, they they gambled away a good opportunity there with Kylie. Is that right? Sorry, I haven't... Correct. Uh, 
Carly. Car- Carly. 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 Uh, of Carly being like, I really enjoyed her in the one-on-one with Sam, right, where he comes in and talks to her and tries to talk her down before uh, Walker comes in and fucks everything up, as we talked about. But outside of that, I never really dug her. I didn't feel her motivations were as clear as they could have been. And I know we've talked about it on the show, right, that they had a whole pandemic angle that they cut out of it. So that you know leads to this hodgepodge editing that maybe makes it a little bit less on the or clear for what they should do or whatever. But like, I feel like you know we talk about Ragu Baggy, like they are so forgettable. And like John Walker, he's cool or whatever, and he had his own thing. But even his thing was rushed in a lot of different ways. I don't know. They they had more time for this, right? Like, which is weird. They had this whole they had more time than a regular movie. But I don't feel like they made the most of it. They still put so much stuff in there that you still have things that are half baked. Andy, where you at? Uh, pretty much the same as Greg. You know, we talked about it already on that last recap. I thought it was a an above average to good ending for what I thought was a really great season. And I, I feel like if we talk about the highs of the season, just like Greg mentioned, Sam and Bucky stuff, really, really damn good. Um, I'd say Sam's arguably way, you know, way better than Bucky's, but Bucky's still had uh, a lot of good moments to it. And anything with the flag smashes, I feel like just kept on getting less and less interesting as we went on. And again, at the end, um, I wanted this very villainous moment from John Walker. And instead, he's running around and quoting Abraham Lincoln in a very buddy cop way with Bucky. And it's awkward and it just didn't feel or look right. Um, Yeah, I just thought uh, it, it seemed rushed. It seemed messy. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything leading up to then, I thought, again, just like Greg mentioned, the penultimate episode was phenomenal. And then the ending just, eh, just, it it was fine. It was fine. Uh, the speech that, uh, Sam gives at the end seems a bit forced and weird because it kept on going and it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like something that would happen in real life, um, I think but, it's back to that comic book thing, right? If you don't mind me interjecting. Like, ahead, I, yeah. you know, people in the chat are there too. I'm watching go and they're like, yeah, I like the speech. But and I'm like, no, no, I, I like the idea of the speech. I like parts of the speech that's getting delivered. I like the message behind the speech, but it just feels so not MCU. And I feel like the, 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 the show felt MCU for the most part throughout. So to get to this very jarring, like, we're standing in the streets of New York and everybody's filming. And it's like, like I get to that it was meant to be this moment of them you know, flipping the script night and day of what John Walker's react, you know, John Walker become being Captain America, killing the guy with the shield, everybody recording that to then this positive ray of light, let alone the fact that they want to establish in this, you know, episode slash one scene and a little bit before, right. That he is Captain America and everybody just accepts it, that there isn't this whole, there's like, all right, I get it, but it just feels so forced. Yeah. Yeah. It felt a bit awkward. Um, I, all the stuff with Batrov and, uh, the power broker, um, I always forget her name, Sherry Carter. Um, the the stuff with Batchov coming to come fight him just felt weird, and I kind of forgot he was even even in the show. The the sort of French quips that he was throwing at at Batchov were just really awkward. The little one liners. Batrock. Batrock. Sorry, Batrock. Uh, the little French one liners that Sam was saying it just felt kind of cheesy and corny. Um, yeah, ultimately the, the ending was a disappointment and I would have liked to see what the ending could have been had COVID not happened. Um, I think it's generally pretty hard to stick a landing anyway. I think that's why we think Endgame is such a, um, a miracle. The fact that Endgame was satisfying. So 
Yeah, hard to stick a landing, and um, I'm excited to see what happens with Captain America in the future. Kevin. <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was shocked because they dealt into so many things that I didn't know I was looking for like questions to. I feel like the whole show is, is in its entirety really added to the MCU and kind of like gave a lot more depth to the world both in, like, silly questions that we had. And WandaVision did this as well. But then also, I, I think that, like, we can't say enough about how much all the race stuff, like, mm. both means to people and means to the MCU as a whole, kind of elevating it um, to a more adult thing that can handle real topics. And I think that it's inspiring that they went this route when they could have done something simpler. There are problems with uh, a bunch of the stuff. The, the B storyline doesn't conclude in a way that matters. The power broker stuff also feels like it's kind of there. Like, cool. All right. That's the, clearly that post credit scene. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's clearly set up for other stuff. I actually do really mm -hmm. like John Walker and how that all went. I like that at the end, He's like, oh, look, everything's better for me. And, like, I'm going to do this good thing. Because I think that we're going to – I could see us being able to expand that character much further. And now they've put him up high again. So he has another chance to fall and maybe look back and see, see where he made the uh, another big mistake. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, – I agree with Greg in the sense that the that, that speech didn't feel MCU and was a little like, okay – they're kind of like, I, you know, I, I'm making everything better here. And um, I, I didn't feel it from what the speech was. But again, all the things that they touched uh, with race, I, I didn't think we were ever going to get from MCU. Uh, or not, not until maybe X-Men stuff way later. But um, I'm just so, so impressed that, that they dove into so, like this, this much of a like crazy topic that you know, a lot of companies look at and are like, maybe we'll stay away from that because we might lose people. I Disney totally went like, no, let's dive into that and see how those, you know, how how race has been handled or mishandled over the years. Mm. Like, I, yeah, I say Bradley characters, like that's a beautiful story, and um, and then also like, man, I can't believe that by the end I was like, oh, Zemo's going away. Like, I can't believe that I liked Zemo. So, like, that was interesting that they built that up. I do wish we had a little bit more connecting <clears throat> to the wider MCU. The um, the raft, I would have loved to see just hints of other people there to give more context to the raft. Because right now it's like, okay, they've got Zemo. I'm sure they've got other stuff going on. But, like, taking that moment to be like, hey, remember how big this world is? Seemed like a, waste, a wasted opportunity. But yeah, overall, I'm just absolutely blown away by how much I enjoyed this entire show. And I just feel, I feel like I just need to reiterate all the race stuff was phenomenal. Agreed. Um, I, I've seen this sort of uh, this trend on TikTok that if you didn't like the season finale, that you didn't like that a black man became Captain America. <laughs> and it's like, no, I loved all of that shit. I loved how they were speaking to the fans and especially the people that were denying, hey, why do you have to keep bringing up race? Like, the, the, to keep your your race politics out of my my comics, which is like wild because 
95% of comics are, you know, they deal with shit like that. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I loved all of that stuff. I was, again, just like Kevin, super shocked that Disney decided to go down that road. I thought they would maybe dip their toe in the water and kind of tease at us that maybe they would do it and then pull back because, yeah. again, you're you're kind of worried about um, pissing off a, a portion of your fans. But I'm super happy that they did it. Again, everything with Sam fucking phenomenal the isaiah bradley stuff made me cry every time there was an emotional moment between them handled beautifully i'm still gonna critique and not really vibe with the way they handled everything else with the show yeah and, and that's the unfortunate aspect of it right is that all that stuff was so surprising and so and so new feeling and, and you know because a lot of the times when they do broach topics like that they don't do it in a one-to-one manner right they they use fictitious people fictitious settings uh, you know, they, they, they comic bookize it. Um, and that's usually done by design. So people kind of get the meaning of it without maybe necessarily having to deal with the reality of it being real. Right. Um, but in this one, they, they, you know, kudos to Disney and kudos to Marvel for just going like, no, this is actually important. And we don't want to sugarcoat this. We want to tackle this head on, which actually is what makes, um, the ending of it and the overarching story of it. So disappointing because the, that subject matter and how they approached it, I think warranted um, a, a lot. I think I think they did it kind of a disservice by not being able to finish strong. Um, and I talked about this a little bit too when we were we were doing the reacts to that final episode. It was like you know I, th- I remember Paris saying he liked that it was on the streets because he felt like that was more fitting for it. But to me, I was like, this is such a good speech, and Anthony Mack is getting such a good performance that I, I want. I think it deserves better than what they were able to do, unfortunately, because of the COVID restrictions. And again, you, you have these. You have this stuff happens it's production right you have to kind of roll with the roll with the flow on this stuff um but i do wish they had given I, I wish they had more time with that and i wish i would have seen that be a little bit more fulfilling not the least of which was also because the the thing that's supposed to back up his point and get him to that point is the storyline with the, the flag smashers and they it just fell short and unfortunately if you don't have that good push and pull of the antagonist you don't quite get as deep as you could um, and, and we see that a lot in some of the other movies that we really, really enjoyed, um, that have very, very compelling, uh, antagonists and you learn a lot about the protagonists as you're going along with that. Having said that though, I did really, en- I, I enjoyed this start to finish. I looked forward to it. And even after the final episode where I was like, okay, it was a little lackluster and they could have tightened it a little bit. Um, I do look forward to a second season of this. I want to see Captain America four with Anthony Mackie now as Captain America. I think it's gonna be freaking rad. Um, and I'm I'm just impressed by what they're able to do. It just it does it is unfortunate that this followed WandaVision because I feel like the the, the big problem I had with this was the forgettability to Greg's point, the forgettable nature of the 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 antagonist. And WandaVision had such a compelling bad guy, which was Wanda, that you how do you how do you beat the person who's like torturing an entire town but you're also empathizing with? It's a, it's an interesting place to put your audience. And this this one unfortunately didn't do that for me. Yeah, I I just want to say I I don't uh, necessarily think that the the antagonist is the flag smashers. I think that there's it's I mean the story I think is more like the the journey of becoming. Captain it's new. America. It's more nuanced you know I mean? than that. Yeah. Sure, I'm just saying yeah. that that is that is sort of the main driver of like the a plot. If you want to break it down to a plot b plot, and it just wasn't as compelling as I yeah. as I hoped it would be. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, for me when I'm when I'm talking about MCU movies and now TV shows, like I feel like it's different than talking about other movies and what I'm looking for because it's not just how does it work as a standalone. That is one aspect of it, but then there also is the 
to me, really kind of grading MCU, and as we look at all these and as we've been doing on review, it's thinking about setup and payoff. And that doesn't necessarily just mean here's a cameo and they're going to be in the next movie. It could be that, but also just in terms of character development and in terms of the relationships between characters where seeds are sown in one movie or one project and then they're you know kind of fully realized in another. And I think that that's a combination of even just kind of character moments being the setup and then a fight scene being the payoff or like character moments leading to a new suit upgrade or whatever it is. And I think that not all of the projects are going to have the same levels of expectations of setup and payoff. Like, I feel like some of them, you expect it more to be growth for a single character, some mm -hmm. of them for multiple characters, some of them for protagonists, antagonists. Like, the MCU's just become this thing where there's an expected quality, but what quality for each project is, is kind of different mm -hmm. of what, what we're looking for. And in that sense, I think that this kind of being the Falcon story becoming Captain America, they did extremely well. I don't dislike and, and i don't even want to say the word dislike but i don't really have as many issues as it seems like you guys do with the the speech both how long it was and where it took place and all that stuff because i i and the comic book nature of it i kind of like that it is different that it is sam and sam's always been a little bit more rambly and a little bit more quippy and and, and saying things as opposed to steve that is super buttoned up and everything he says like sounds like it's perfectly written this speech kind of sounded like it, it was just him talking and he just kept talking and he had his moment and he's going to use this moment. And I liked that. And I, I can see that there being criticism of it, but I think overall my problem isn't with the, the last episode. I think with WandaVision, it kind of all fell apart at the end for me and all fell apart. Meaning like it went from being 10 out of 10 amazing to me to like, okay, it was good. Yeah, and that's the thing with both these shows <laughs> so yeah. far is that I, I don't think there's anything that's like, Oh, that was horrible. That's dark world levels. That's uh, incredible. Hope. No, it's no, not no, like no. that. You know, we're still, we're at the point that we're talking, we expect top tier Marvel from them because they've just given us that time after time after time. So with WandaVision, I feel like it really was that end that I was like, Oh, cool. This, this just didn't really hit the highs with this. And I've, I rewatched them all over the weekend. I feel like, it wasn't that the end was disappointing. It's just that the plot line specifically for me of anything that wasn't just Falcon to Captain America related kind of fell by the wayside or just didn't come to some a place that is satisfactory. And that's been true since the beginning with the Flag Smashers with, uh, I mean, John Walker, I think, was dealt, dealt with great until the second half of the, the series. Um, but then really kind of looking into like the Power Broker stuff and just trying to like make logical sense over the, the the choices she makes and as Sharon Carter like partners or has phone calls with and is like kind of playing all sides and stuff like it doesn't really make sense when you look at it, when you think about what her plan is and, and where she's going. And I do think this show is going to be a perfect example of five years down the road. We're going to look back at it and be like, well, that set up a whole bunch of shit that was paid off. Great. But just looking at this for what it is, some of the payout, some of the setups and payoffs we did get in this just simply aren't comparable to some of the super strong antagonists we've seen in recent films. The post-credit scene isn't as exciting as post-credit scenes we've seen before. So in that sense, I'm kind of like a little bit let down, but, uh, and, and the other thing that I, I, a lot of people seem to disagree with me about, but like the show's called Falcon and winter soldier. And I think winter soldier really got the short end of the stick here, <laughs> where there were, there well, it's, were hard, it's hard not to though, when you're, when you're dealing with, like that that story for the Falcon, right? Like that's a hugely important, very, very relevant storyline. And I think the Winter Soldiers is a lot more introverted, like a lot, a lot more like introspective. That's true. However, they did do a good job with it. They just kind of didn't commit to it. Like yeah. we had so many hints of it, like pretty much Bucky's storyline in this is in episode one, he has nightmares and in episode six, 
he doesn't have nightmares, yeah. you know? And the fact is, I'm oversimplifying it, but in between that, we had Wakanda involved. And that mm -hmm. was something we didn't expect from the show. And I feel like they could have, they, there was the moment of the flashback of him in Wakanda uh, talking to uh, Io. And that was awesome and super powerful. And then it just kind of pittered out. And mm -hmm. then the rest of the storyline played out just to kind of be in service of Falcon, which again, fine, because it worked. Falcon to Captain America was awesome. I just think that what they did with Bucky, I don't love Bucky more than I did going into the, the show. Whereas I obviously, I love Falcon way more than I loved him going mm -hmm. into the show. And for him being in the title, it's kind of like, that's just a letdown. Again, not done poorly, just not done as well as it could have been. Andy. Could have wanted more of it. Yeah, I think that at the end of it, I was already feeling kind of, mildly disappointed by the finale expecting you know some really cool amazing moments with this flag smashers and what's going to happen with john walker so by the time we get to bucky's final moment telling the man that lives in his apartment or whatever that i killed your son i kind of forgot that he was even in the show <laughs> and then we see him yeah. And then we see him kind of walk by the restaurant and look at the the woman talking to the girl he was flirting with in episode one. And those are all things that I'd forgot even happened because they were so long ago. And I just it, it felt like they were just sort of shoehorned in and jammed in there to make you remember, hey, we're still closing up Winter Soldier's line. Don't forget about that. But by that point. I, I think I was already a, a kind of soured on the other stuff with John Walker and the Flag Smashers that when that happened, it's supposed to be emotional. It's supposed to make you feel stoked and emotional and, you know, make you, uh, you know, have a tear come to your eye. But for me, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I forgot this was even in here. <laughs> it, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, my thing about it, right, was like, uh, for me, I didn't forget about those moments. Those are what I was waiting for. Like, I, I, I agree with what's been said, right, of like, this show, you know, made me love Sam. Obviously, beforehand, Falcon's been cool or whatever, and he's been there. And, like, during the MCU rewatch this time, while we already started, Falcon the Winter Soldier, even seeing, you know, him through uh, Civil War or, you know, his return, obviously, in Endgame and stuff like that, I, I think hit different. But to go through and, yeah, really get into him, like, he, I did like Bucky more at the end than I did like Bucky going in, right? However... I still love Sam way more than Bucky. And so for me, it was the fact that I think Sam's story is so strong throughout because we get to spend so much time with him. And that includes, you know, fixing the boat. That includes going to the bank with his sister. That includes just talking to Torres, right? Like interacting that way. And so for me, I was anticipating and excited to see Bucky go back and talk to the old man and explain it to him. And what exactly what we're talking about throughout this whole thing, or I have been in terms of how much stuff is happening here, which means they rush through stuff. The fact that they left that conversation, I was like, oh man, come the fuck on. Like I, I liked that narrative thread. I wanted to see him explain that and have a moment of like trying to explain to this normal person who didn't know he's the winter soldier and doesn't know he's an avenger and didn't yeah. know, like how do you sit there and try to break all this down to him that you know i was the winter soldier but i'm not and like i have this arm and like i wanted to see him try to wrestle with that and so to get that him walk by the sushi shop and look in and see them and like she smiles at him i was like oh man like I wanted this moment, but not like this. Like I wanted, I wanted yeah. more closure from See, this. I wanted more from these people. I, I thought that I thought that was appropriate because I, I, I thought that the, the winter soldier, like his whole purpose was accepting that he was winter soldier, like for better or for worse yeah. and, and acknowledging that and really just having to, and the way he did it was having to confess that to someone that didn't deserve to hear it or didn't deserve to, to have, you know, had to deal with those past misgivings, which is the, which is the man's father. 
Um, I liked that. I think the if if I could wave a magic wand and and put something else in into this show, it would just be more Bucky and 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 uh, and Sam. Sam. I just love their relationship. And what what you look back to it, I'm like, wow, we spent a lot of time with the Flag Smashers trying to make them sympathetic characters, and it just didn't work for me because I just I'm like I don't I understand what they're going for, and I totally think that they think they're in the right here but i'm not quite sure but if their the means justify the ends and i really it's, don't it's, want to spend time with these this group of amber Crabbe and finch models i'd rather get the back to these two problem, main characters right? it's, it's the classic problem of show don't tell where we're told we're told about exactly this over and yeah. over with them why and are you the, doing this because the world has to change I'm, you know i'm i'm, I'm a freedom fighter they're they're keeping us down i'm like but we've only seen one small courtyard of of people being kept in this it, environment and so like to and i kevin i'm sorry i know you want to jump in i'll let you let me just it's for me it's the perfect mirror of the Bucky and the old man thing where I saw that relationship develop and I was like, what's going on? And you figure it out. You're like, oh my God, that's so good. I want more of that. Whereas just to be told over and over again about the smash, the flag smashers, like I can't, I can barely, like I've already fucked up on this show, her name, right? Let alone the, the other people she rolls with, let alone at the end when she's like, we got to kill him. And they're like, they're, they all have a moment of like, whoa, really? I'm like, None of you have been established as like yeah. salt of the where, earth. Where you're doing you? this for yeah. the right reasons, people. You're yeah. bat, you're generic. It's, super it's all soldiers. about execution. It's yeah. all about execution. I don't hate the things that they were trying to do. I don't love the way that they executed those things. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of that could have been shot and edited and sort of you know put in the show a little bit more. The the old man stuff with the with the sushi place. I think that could have been. We could have gotten a bit more drops here and there throughout the series, uh, but for it to be episodes one and two, and then I guess six, I, f- I forget which ones it was, but yeah, I just think it's all about execution for me, and they didn't yeah. perfectly execute like I, I, I would have hoped. I, I, I felt like the, the scene at the end where uh, Bucky is looking at the man and the waitress, uh, I mean, that was a mirror of the scene that we saw in the beginning when he's about to go into there, right? Doesn't he look at both of them talking? And I think it's it's now it's the same imagery, but now we have so much more context. And the fact is, he can't like he's not going to go in there that time. You know, he walks away from it this time. Kind of like what Nick is saying. Like at the end of this, he's more accepting of the Winter Soldier persona, and he understands. Like you know, he comes to terms that like those are the decisions he made. I I think that at some point we're gonna get either a movie or a show where it centers more on, on him trying to move on, move past yeah. these and things. Yeah, finding another moniker or finding another right, like yeah. white wolf or whatever they're going to call him. Right. Um, I, I don't – and I think that this will work as setup and build uh, and building. Like, yeah, the, uh, the Flag Smashers, I think that their sole purpose was not to be the main antagonist but to be the through line that, that gave people – they're the – what, the, mm-hmm. the Maltese um, – the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, you know, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just that a MacGuffin, doesn't right? matter. It's the it's exactly, a MacGuffin. pushes all the, absolutely. It pushes everyone together, and I, I know it's like, we're like, you oh. Still have to make it seem- a, you still have to make it compelling, though. That's yeah. always I my mean, problem. you don't. With yeah. MacGuffins, they, they really don't. It is just like, this is a thing that we need to get, and um, I, I feel so, like. I'll agree with you on that, Kevin. But uh-huh. after six episodes, um, you do you do, and you and this is the problem: is we spent. It would have been totally fine. Here, here's a perfect example: the George St. Pierre character. In my opinion, great. Do we know a lot about him? No. He comes in, he kicks ass. He's plucky. He's he's, he's from Montreal. He's George St. Pierre. He's a mercenary, and he's getting sure. in there. So how they used him, I'll agree. We don't. He doesn't have to be that compelling because we're only using utilizing him so much. 
But with the Flag Smashers, they were they they it, that's a very nuanced and complex I, thing they were trying to um, to explore, think, and they just didn't do it very well. I think the key elements that they establish is one: the world is the world of post uh, snap. Or snap. Wait, po- yeah, post snap, blip, post blip, blip, and then blip. post blip is fractured because all the like the world kind of came together and then is now being forced to be pulled apart. And then the other thing is that there is an entity that is screwing things up, the power broker, right? And I, I think that it's, its purpose is to establish that, like, it, it might not be Hydra, but something like Hydra is going on in the background, setting us up for the future. And I, I, I believe, or I, I hope that, uh, you know, the MCU is building up somewhere. You guys doing all right? I think a big problem. What do you got? What do you got? Complete non sequiturs. Nothing. It's not even. Back when Nick was like, yeah, yeah, you know, a new moniker, not the Winter Soldier. Maybe the what? Any the only thing I could come up with was Bucky Fucky. Yeah, it's been in my head the entire time. So he was making a very poignant point. I just he's back, everybody. He's back. Uh, to Kevin's point about the the power smashers and and their intent, like I, I think that so, uh, like flag smashers, flag smashers, uh, is that so much of the show like was really built on the idea of like morally gray and like like every every side has a perspective and stuff, and I just think that they they didn't show that, and like we keep talking about it being like uh, they're showing or telling not showing, and I think unfortunately they show and tell just kind of one side, and then are like trying to tell us it's a little bit more morally gray than it actually is and i think that's true even with john walker which there's just the the switch in the finale where all of a sudden we go from the second to last episode having a post credits of him angrily fucking psychotically making a shield and then the next episode he's like i'm with the good guys now and it's like that that doesn't feel like it's really set up or earned at all and on top of that i think that really when we're looking at the 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 flag smashers that is such a sensitive uh, group and a sensitive topic and the way they're talking about refugees and, and what they're dealing with needs to be dealt with in the same type of like love and care that the Falcon storyline is. And because of that, I think that it just ends up in throwing the word terrorist around a lot that doesn't really feel good for me, especially when their main thing is going up against this group called the GRC that all we know are just like a government entity. And it's right. kind of hard to, they're, they're introducing so many elements into this show without fully fleshing it out so we get to the finale and all of a sudden they're in manhattan and it's like that that felt very disjointed like i think that there was something that we lost there that explained that more but i mean that is unfortunate because that you go into that episode very confused and i think that like they have um captain america come in there with the wings and the beautiful outfit and you're just like okay never mind it doesn't matter we'll figure it out um but i i I don't know i i felt (laughs) I, I really part. did feel that with John Walker, there is the moment where he he looks and he chooses to save the people in the van or in the you know armored truck, yeah. Uh, instead of going after the people that are that he wants to get revenge from, and I think that's his moment of like, no, I'm still good, um, and and I think that's also tied into the Flag Smashers, where a lot of they did a really good job with uh, Baron Zima because I, I think that, like, a lot of it is... Papa no? Zima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got close. I got America's close. favorite malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> with the Baron. I, I think they did such a good job with him in the sense that, like, he was a constant that was like, 
this formula is bad if it gets into anyone. It brings out the bad. There is no exception, with the exception of uh, the original Captain America. Uh, and we see that as he's saying that, we're seeing uh, Carly make decisions that are very much one-sided. Like, because originally they're introduced as these bad people. Then we see that, like, no, there's more going on with their story. Like, they are being victimized, not victimized, but they're being attacked by the power broker. So they're running for their lives. And they're also becoming more and more desperate to try to evoke a change in the world that they're using the wrong resources to, to do. And uh, that it gets doubled down with the fact that they have the super soldier serum. So I, I, I felt like there was enough there to move that story along the line. Okay. Just to, just to uh, talk about the John Walker thing. I don't have a problem with him becoming this non psychopathic murderer. Like he seemed at the end of the episode, it's all about execution. I just don't like the way that it just happens so fast. you save civilians in a truck, and suddenly you are Bucky's teammate. You are Bucky yeah, Bucky's but... teammate right now. And <laughs> I, run, I, I running around and you... Buck likes the... the, the it's, just, it's all about was, execution for me. Yeah. I, I think uh, the opposite uh, was true. Like, the moment where he broke was when he murdered that guy in front of everyone. You know, it but was then like they show one him making, fought they show Falcon him making, and Bucky. Yeah, they, make, they show him making the shield in the, in the fucking facility. Yeah, and he's it's, fucking it's very weird. Off, and he fought them, and then he almost tried to kill him several times with the same shield bash. Yeah. And then we see him show up at the site near the end of the episode and yell, Morgan down! And it's like, holy fuck, this he's guy's about to fuck right, some up right now. He's coming with hell. And, and, it, and, then and, he, and that's what I'm saying. It's the moment where he decides running in not the sewer to with go. Bucky. <laughs> It's, like, but it's yeah, the moment that he so decides off. to drop that anger and the the quest for revenge ends so that he can save these people. And, but the and thing is, I just think he's always a good guy, though. Him but, saving people should be like, oh, man, he was bad, but he's back now. It's like, okay, you're Captain America, and now yeah. that's been stripped of you, but you're still but like, a war he hero. Like, you're still supposed to be a good guy. He didn't make the shield to be like, now I have my own. Like, he made the shield because he was like, I still represent this like what do we think about what do we think about the this sort of uh parallels between black lives and all lives matter when with that one line of dialogue which one where he walks up to carly morgenthau and she says um i didn't mean to kill your friend he's not well he's not who matters to me yeah he goes, you don't think his life mattered and it just seemed a little too on the nose and so- i well, I see, don't know so what they I, were trying to get across. With that. I, so here's the I, thing. I thought that line was was poignant because it kind of played to his emotional state at the time. Mm-hmm. But to you guys' earlier um, discussions, like, Kev, I think the thing that a lot of us are reacting to is you have one episode where he is unhinged. I saw him banging. I saw him recreating his own version of the steel out of a lesser metal to be very metaphoric for where he was at, like emotionally and, and, and mentally. And, right. He's like, I think I can make this high-tech vibranium shield that tony stark made in my in my garage i but having him go from that mental state to everything's happy-go-lucky one episode later 
or episode and a half later is a li- they just didn't do it very well. It doesn't feel right. It's it's I think about characters where I like, wow, this character is off the fucking off the reservation. And then they come around and you think of like Jamie Lannister from like Game of Thrones, right? Where you hate that fucking guy. But then like midway through the series time. after hours and hours and hours and really having like seeing what he went through and seeing what brought him there and then watching him go through all the other events that bring him out of it. That's what we say when we say this, this feels earned. It feels validated. Mm-hmm. It, having John Walker go from a roid raging fucking murderer to slap you know high five with captain america and being like we're cool now right cool i'm gonna go get you know a donut is it just didn't feel well it, I mean, it, it felt like it was a little too not not well done i also think that his beef was never with you know uh bucky or captain america i like his his beef was with uh carly and that group and he did constantly feel underpowered because of all these people and those were no, no, uh, no. Yeah. everything up until that point I thought was really good. I thought the reason for him taking the serum, I was like, this is this is makes total right. sense. Yeah, yeah I get absolutely. it. He's insecure about not being the real Captain America. He has seen real war and real consequences when you don't when you're underpowered. Um, and he's under no illusion that of, of what he's taking on is going to be this like glorious, glamorous thing. He just wants the ability to do the job that he's been tasked to do. And I totally get that. And he takes the either the shortcut. And that would that to me was like one of the most compelling things in the show to speak positively about the show was I love that dynamic where you're like, is Sam going to take this? We've seen how easy it is for a guy that has like a medal of honor to to like give into that and take it and and not even look back. And then you see Sam and he's like, I'm, I'm never taking that thing. I'm, I'm, I, I, that's not who I am because he understands yeah. that Captain America is so much more important on a bigger scale. I thought that, I thought all that stuff was really well done and really cool. Absolutely. Uh, just uh, to briefly touch it, it, what Andy just said, uh, I, I kind of feel like I, I actually just watched the TikTok where this guy was kind of making the uh, suggestion that the Flag Smashers are – kind of symbolically representing the all lives matter movement where it's they're a reaction to um all the race stuff that's going on with uh um falcon the blip oh yeah with sam and they're kind of trying to like be like well our lives were changed post blip and we wanted to go back to that change so it like there are some interesting i i think parallels yeah, parallels Again, that we need to look so into to more. Do. But like, yeah, that line was like really poignant. Well, I mean, I you literally strong, you have. Uh, but do, you, yeah, I you don't have. think that line was about uh, Black Lives Matter, right? Like, I took that line as just a poor choice of words, right? Of him, of her no, in I, the heat I, of the moment, being like, it wasn't about was, that part. That line was like Carly was basically saying all lives matter to him. I, I know it sounds very reversed. It, it I don't buy this. I this, to... this, yeah, this. I think Carly was just saying, like, like, no, I have a bigger, I have bigger fish to fry. Your guy got in the way. It wasn't no, about him. I'm, I'm sorry about I, him. It was. Sorry, to defend Kevin's point, the writer put in the word matters for a reason, and that is true, right? You have a paramilitary group talking to someone who is, you know, you have two opposing groups talking about lives that matter. I mean, that that's definitely mm-hmm. oh, in the yeah. writer's room. Somebody thought about that as to who, wh- what group represents um, which group. I don't necessarily think they had an idea. I think they were just like, hey, we're going to put these two people diametrically opposed to each other I, I, ideologically and have that play out. And, and again, another great thing about why we lo- we all love the comic book genre is because you can do that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one-to-one one group doesn't have to represent, you know, um, a real life group. Um, 
it, it can they can be these fictitious groups and then you still get the themes that are relevant to to real life and again just cool. to reiterate i still like the show so chill out <laughs> oh yeah we all i think we all like, like i just I, I think you know people will automatically hear these discussions and, and like hear the nitpicks but i mean i still we still have to kind of talk about the things that bother us and these are the things that have bothered us in what i think is still a really good product i think it's a i, I think a yeah that's show. the whole point is like the uh, criticism here is you get back on you know an, an mcu tv show right that was excellent and then we all enjoyed and i was excited to watch every week and i never was like oh this is wasting my time it was never that it's right. more the fact that we've seen the mcu succeed we've seen falcon and the winter soldier succeed so when you have something and one of the things for me is john walker that just isn't fleshed out enough right mm-hmm. like i felt like he 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 fell uh too quietly into the i can't believe i i need the serum like we saw it like a little bit here and there but like literally a snippet and then we all extrapolated like oh he's starting to lose it until he finally lost it and took the serum and then yeah him making the shield and yes it very much being like i'm gonna do it myself and i don't need anybody yada yada so clearly his shield won't be strong enough to then get to the end now where he i i don't know and i, I know we've gone uh we've done a few little rumors here and there but julia louis dreyfus's character right like i assume she's a bad guy right like he she's working it's very all made to look like shield and yada 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 but in the end she's going to end up abusing him and so again him being excited to be u.s agent and you know celebrate with his wife and say i'm back and stuff like that like i see again him being a tragic character he is somebody who wants to do right i thought you Mm -hmm. want to talk about like a you know um a poignant speech i thought his speech when he gets uh not what was it a less than dishonorable or less than honorable discharge mm-hmm. right and he goes yeah. after the guys and he's like you train you train me to do this and i'm doing it. and it's like i feel like that is was very emblematic of like you know uh veterans who have been forgotten by the mm-hmm. government or not get you know not taken care of after their time in the service and stuff like that like i feel all that there it's just that when they miss other little parts of him or other parts of him it brings down the whole where i think he could have been an awesome character if he had more time and we had an episode that was entirely with him shout out to his wife i would have been like leave this life what are you doing yeah. why are you going back you murdered I, a man well, on that television was, that was also <laughs> what was kind of weird right is she's just like we find her and she's just like oh everything's fine and i'm like no you your husband killed yeah, like you that, know murdered a guy kinda, and he has before but, like he's talked about yeah. it, but that you know the worst day of his life and that's where he got the most honor again like that was so good like give me more of that with him yeah i I feel like that that character is so complex and there's so much going on there well we have in the first like couple episodes where we get him the the, the episode two and three he's not necessarily being the bad person he's been chosen to do this and he's getting shit from these people for a decision that he didn't make like, not only that, they're literally withholding information from him that would make his job easier to do. And I, I just think that, like, it's a really complex character and the time that we got with him. Like, we're setting up, like, a very, very tragic character. Like, I think oh, yeah. in time, the what U.S. agent is going to be, like, he, he's once again going to break and it's going to be, like, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it. And uh, I hope they keep playing with this character, essentially, because I want to see more of this and I want to understand, you know, what sure the the storyline taken all the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we continue, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by HBO Max, HBO Max. 
definitely um, is a thing that many of us here at Kind of Funny are fans of. Obviously, Mortal Kombat 2021 just came out. We did an in-review of that last week that you can go check out. Uh, we enjoyed it very, very much, and you can watch it now on HBO Max. And guess what? It's been 10 years since Game of Thrones came out. Kevin, how does that make you feel? Old, but Mortal Kombat was real good, so life's pretty good, you know? Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, man. You have so many options of things to watch, including going back and starting Game of Thrones all the way from the beginning. Uh, in addition to things like Mortal Kombat and, um, of course, a lot of the, the other cool movies that are coming out on the, the slate of uh, HBO Max releases that I am extremely excited about. I know we got The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Conjuring 3, uh, that's coming out uh, in June. Very excited for that. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Absolutely love using HBO Max. There's so much great stuff uh what's gia been watching right now uh insecure is the name of a show she's been watching and uh she's been loving that as well um you can sign up for hbo max at hbom.ax slash kfmb that's hbom.ax slash kfmb or you can just click the link in the description be sure to watch mortal Kombat with that let us know in the comments below what you think again that's hbom.ax slash kfmb back to it and so yeah, yeah. like i mean oh sorry go ahead go oh, tim go please your it. show you're hosting you you do uh, show. I, uh well just real quick i think we're having a great conversation here so like this we're gonna incorporate all the plot stuff that we need to into this this is uh just gonna keep going like this because i'm like and hey, I, but and i and i think that's it. what leads to it right kev of like john walker of like i think they've set up all these dominoes that when i assume it goes wrong or he's abused or whatever it is right that kicks him over the edge, over the edge, right? To really blow it all up. I think it'll matter more because of this. But I feel like, again, yeah, we were shortchanged on getting there to yeah. that precipice. And I think I, I'm right there with you, right? Where, But that's why I, I I was assuming the second he had a turn that we were going to find him in a very dark place at the end of this. And I assumed that Julia Louise Dreyfus' character or Louis Dreyfus' character was going to come in and take advantage of that and play him and run mm -hmm. him mm -hmm. like he was a like a, a very very powerful emotionally broken agent and basically corrupt that and i was looking i was i, I was i thought that was going to be an interesting like space to play in for it and i'm sure they still will it's just for some reason the showrunners um and, and the writers were like i think everyone should have a happy ending in this and you're like that's yeah that's that's not yeah, what that's I, not what i, I would assume so i i think it only looks happy. I think if, if yeah, I was anyone, gonna say, I don't know if he, I don't feel yeah. his is a happy ending. Yeah, well, I mean, his, he was like screaming, "I'm back! I'm back! I'm back!" I mean, sure, it was like, like he was smiling at his wife and him were hugging, and the sun was shining. So all the visual cues of it were like, "Hey, everything's great." Like I, I talked about this, Greg, last week, where I was like, I was expecting to him to be in like the smoke filled bar. His wife's left him, and he's like, "I have fucking nothing." And then Elaine from Seinfeld walks in and goes, "You got this," and she gives him the black suit. And she's like, you still got this. And he has nothing left in his life because the world hates him. The government hates him. They've betrayed him. And the people of America are just like, you're not our Captain America anymore. And the only person that's at his side is this person with maybe, you know, we don't know where she's coming from, sure. or what she's doing. Right. But I think it's I think I don't know. I feel like we know that stuff's coming. We know something's not right, I guess. And so to see him excited to be part of this thing that I don't trust to be yeah, a good but, thing. But it's it's like, but he's too smart of a character and too and too, too experienced to like walk into that in that in that state. So like he comes out of that and he's like, oh, everything's going pretty okay for me. Everyone likes me okay. And then this person comes in and says, hey, come work for this the new fucking Hydra. And he's like, all right, why not? Right, I'll just I'll do that. I no, I think he, he needed to be like, I've got nothing else. Everyone hates me. 
I'm, I'm being pushed. I've been pushed to this or my actions have brought me to this. And this is my last respite, right? This is all I've got. Um, and then this she comes in. This is my last like, resort. I mean, exactly. I think, but, that song hits right there. I, I yeah. really think that they've now set up a character that is very much fractured and on the cut, like now has so much that he can lose. Now, you know, he can go and do some fucked up black ops thing. And then people find out who he is and they kill his wife. And that then pushes him further. You know what I mean? They have more to play with. I think that he is delusional in the sense that he's like, this is good. Like, I haven't lost my livelihood. I can keep doing my job mm-hmm. you know, in this shadier part of the organization. But I, I, I think that they, they've built someone that, is, that has a lot of opportunities versus just building someone that has one route to go. Mm-hmm. What's interesting for me is like, go for it, Andy. I was going to say, I don't see the fractured at all. Like, I... He's running in the sewers with Bucky, and then they help the police find the flag smash. And they're like, hey, nice app. And he throws you an Abraham Lincoln line. And then when Sam is doing his big speech, he's standing there in the streets. Um, and first off, like, hey, that guy shouldn't be here. You know, maybe let's do something about that guy because he was dishonorably discharged. He should not be in the field. But anyway, that's that's I mean, just a, wait, like a stupid Just, just so, so we're on the same page. Bucky and Captain America have no association to the government at this point, right? I thought they did. No, but no, I'm they no, they, 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 the the wings and suit is from Wakanda, and Bucky has been like, like he's not. Well, no, no, no. Because yeah. when Bucky arrives there at the scene, he's walking up. They're like, Bucky, how's it going, Corporate Cap? Well, I think it's just because he's famous. Him. Like, I I think cool. that but, him calling himself Captain America in that moment is or when he first lands and like kind of declares it to the room is him being like this is who i am like i'm taking this title like no one's giving it to me the government has like isn't sanctioning this mission that's going on right now i think all three of them are just there being essentially vigilantes but in a moment yeah, but they're still working that. for the government like yeah, you're like, right I, like he is claiming captain america to be himself but i mean like in the beginning of it his first mission he's working with the helicopter Force, yeah. stuff no, he's working yeah, with the Air but that's Force. Like, i imagine that's still I, that, but that was a mission that he got briefed for beforehand. This is them coming in and taking action because they felt like they needed to. You, you get what but, I'm saying? Like, there's yeah, a difference between that. But when, he's still on the, on the ground floor, and they're handing him a cell phone to talk to Carly. Like, they're they're not just there but, without but them again, being the, known. I think these are totally like decisions that people are making at that moment. The guy that is on the phone, or well, the the woman that passed him the phone was like i think motivated by carly to go and, and sneak in and, and be like hey someone wants to talk to you i think so too yeah well, i think it's, so also, that's I think not it's a also a lot agent. of this i think a lot of this stuff was where we get into like that weird the criticisms that we're having right which is like we don't really understand what's going on here we're not really t- we're not really shown kind of I, where any of this stuff kind of lies but i mean at kevin's point like i do i got the feeling that they were like we're just going full tilt because they were pulled off the job by by uh by john walker that's his name i mean right? they teamed up with zemo <laughs> like yeah, straight up out of jail, like, so. sure, they bro- yeah they're definitely they totally teamed up with zemo. but the fact that bucky is walking into this final mission and people are saying like yo what's up bucky how's it going like it's I that, like, I'm bucky, bucky. that doesn't seem to me like he's just kind of <laughs> walk there away on, it, imagine like, if you're in a bucky, you're, you're a <laughs> imagine you're in a swat team trying to figure out a hostage situation and then a superhero walks in like a, someone that can run through the wall and grab the bad guy. <laughs> like, that's okay, so like, you know. Anyway, to go back to my earlier point, the fact that John Walker is just standing there in the streets while Sam is giving this speech when he was, 
you know, nationally and, and worldly mm-hmm. shown that he murdered somebody. He should not be on on screen or, or you know, just in public and in a suit <laughs> fighting crime. That was kind of weird to me. Um, so, like, yeah, the last moments that we see John Walker, I don't see a fractured man at all. I see somebody who hung around with Bucky, helped get the flag smashers. He drops a little silly abraham lincoln quote and he's like hey it's abraham lincoln you know that it's it's weird and then he's standing in the street again and then he's happy when he's getting the assignment from uh lady what are they called godiva well madame hydra is the thing that people are throwing around but like i I think that there's a very high chance that that's not i agree she was madame hydra in the comics for like one run like she's been a lot of other things i I guess either way i look fury's lover which makes a lot more sense either way i would have preferred what nick said i wanted a broken man who actually looks fractured as opposed to somebody who might not know he's going to be in danger um because i think think like that's someone who doesn't believe you know like it's just I, i i feel like people are the most vulnerable when they are are the easiest to take advantage of when they're the most vulnerable and i think that that's what we're seeing there can we talk it's, about it's fine that he may be you know vulnerable and then he's going to get got or whatever and he doesn't know he's going to be in danger but that's to me as a viewer that's not satisfying i i want the broken john walker who's going to go into the next series or next season or whatever and obviously just be he's got a some, fucking murderer he's got some shit to deal with <laughs> yeah. and be, I mean, um, you're going to see him kind of become Winter Soldier a little bit to a degree. Can we segue yeah. over, though, to something more positive where can we talk about how if this show was just um, Sam and Bucky fixing the boat and hanging out with Sam's family, I would have been 100% okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I would have been fine watching six yeah. episodes of that with no action whatsoever and then just have it be just a family drama. give me a drama. slice of life. Give me a I slice mean, that's, of life. That's my thing. That's why I think they nailed with this, right? Yeah. And that's what's so cool about – They're so cool about the opportunity we have now to watch them do these shows, which is that – it's always cool when the when the superhero is not in his costume, right? But everyone like knows who he is, but he just he, oh, they're just you know he just gets to like live his life and do normal stuff, and I, and I loved that, and I thought the um, the actor they cast to be his sister and the, and the nephews were awesome. They were great. I thought the whole they community was cool. I love the sort of I, I loved that storyline with how it was kind of mirroring what Sam was thinking about whether or not he should take the mantle. Should we sell the boat? Should we not sell the boat? It's our history. How do we fix this up? How do we move forward with it? All that stuff to me worked so well when Bucky comes and says, what's up to Sam's sister. And then Sam immediately is like, don't flirt with my sister again. I'm like, this is perfect. They're nailing all this dynamic. hundred um, percent. So like, I, I liked that aspect of the show. And every time, again, anytime Sam it, and Bucky were together, I was like, this is awesome, man. This yeah. reminds me of like, this reminds me of every buddy cop movie I've ever watched and loved in my life. And, and they're nailing it. And I just wanted to, I want more of that. Definitely. To that more. point like, though, like I feel like they nailed what they did, but I don't think that there was enough of it. And I think that where they started these characters off together, like the scene of, like, it seems like Falcon hated Bucky. Like it wasn't like an antagonistic odd couple type thing. It mm-hmm. was very much. She's just like, I don't want to deal with you. I'm dealing with this right now. And like a lot of shit talk back and forth. It was funny and quippy and stuff, but to them later have the scene of them building the boat. That was nice. Because that was a moment to let them breathe together as characters. And then we obviously see Bucky deal with dealing with uh, Sam Mm -hmm. and the situation Sam's in and like what the shield means and all that stuff. And I thought that was all great. But like, I feel like we're crediting this with the the buddy cop stuff more than it's actually there. It's like we're kind of like finding what we want to see as opposed to what's there. And that's not that bad. There's not a moment in this that is as good as uh, the two of them in the car 
looking at at cap kiss <laughs> sharon you know what i mean and i feel like that was like the promise of the show on that level and I, because of that i i don't know if that it ever hit the, that high i i do like a lot of the moments that happened while they were the like right before they broke out uh the baron and then a bit after i guess pretty much the entire time they were with him i liked the chemistry that they had i liked the dynamic that they had where it was like here's winter soldier doing things that are bad and falcon just being like we need to not do this we need to like but it's like it's already done so i guess let's try to take advantage of the moment i liked the way their chemistry was back and forth so i i think those um highlighted that or the, that time highlighted that relationship and even established it further i i mm. i also enjoy that we had a lot of anger from bucky to sam on giving up the shield even when it was just going to the uh smithsonian like before they announced the right we get a little bit mm -hmm. of that and then they announce and he then there's so much anger towards him because it's like you literally gave it to people who are misusing it he didn't give it to me he didn't give it to this dude he gave it to you and like there's that moment where um they forcefully take it from um john walker yeah. And he throws it at him, and he's like, "Don't fucking lose it this time." That's like the relationship. I, I love I, the relationship. But then that I, conversation's like it furthers when he ends up apologizing to him, right? Where he yeah. says, "When me and Cap talked about this, we, we didn't, didn't really, we didn't really take your feelings. Yeah. We didn't understand. We didn't get it. And like, we didn't take your feelings in like the grander, um, you know, to put it boldly. Like, we didn't, we didn't assume it would be an issue for a black man to take the mantle of Captain America in in the current state of of our country." And that was bad. That was a that was a poor assumption on our part. I loved that scene. Yeah. It, it also is amazing because they're playing catch with the shield. I yeah, might be mixing yeah. up my scenes, but that was like right around that time where they're just literally launching the shield at each other, like it's a, like they're playing catch. They like literally they're, play they're catch together. Like it, I I think that the chemistry was like, I think the the way we're talking about the buddy cop stuff, like the playing catch thing, is such a like because it's it's happening and it's in context. It makes sense. He's learning how to use the shield and uh it, it i think well, let me there's so me. many things that it hit go ahead I, I think yeah that's my thing take away from it where i don't think it's a buddy cop in the way that i i think in tim i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but i think when people are using buddy cop loosely and, and nick this is where i need you i think mm -hmm. they're thinking usually of the sequel to the buddy cop, cop flick right yeah most buddy cop friends. flicks start as we are antagonists we are we're butting heads i'm the straight laced mm -hmm. cop you're the wild you know whatever I mean, it's cop. like it's lethal lethal weapon right lethal weapon is the archetype for this and where so like you we've got Riggs, seen you got this Bartok. bucky and sam relationship for multiple movies now like the fucking you know great moment in civil war right of them lying there webbed up i hate you like and like they yeah. have that thing where they aren't <laughs> friends they're just friends with steve so they're friends that way and now with steve removed it is this thing that is fueled by them not being close but then being attached by steve but then the shield being in like i'm i think it's a worthwhile earned journey to get to that boat scene i think that's why the boat scene hits so hard to, to tim's earlier point though you did kind of hit on something that i hadn't thought of until you said it though that's what i do where are they I'm back no, here, everybody Tim. But Greg, you, you did a great job too. Andy, great. Oh, shit, Kevin, so. great. Everyone's great. Um, but you. Tim, you're right. Like thinking about it, I'm like, why were they so antagonistic toward each other at the beginning of this? Like you'd think after going through all the events of Endgame and like everything they've been through that they would at least be like somewhat but, cordial toward each other. You know what I mean? Not, was it not that he gave up the shield? And that, well, that yeah, Bucky, that's from yeah. Bucky. 
Yeah. But the, for Falcon, the way Falcon was treating Bucky, that's what seemed the most like well, ridiculous. But I mean, I like, thought about that. here's the thing, yeah. Kev. I, I think that you're making a lot of good points in this overall, mm-hmm. where it's like you are correct factually about the fact that so many of these things, well, they said this, which led to this. And it's like, that's true. But I think a lot of the things are like, well, that just doesn't feel that great. It doesn't feel that satisfactory. Like on paper, uh, it looks good, but it didn't turn it's out. Like, yes, right? it does add up. Like, yes, they sure. did explain that John Walker turned. Yes, they did explain why they're, they're angry at each other. I'm just saying we know these characters. We know the world that they're in. We understand where this is coming. And when you start to think about where Falcon and Winter Soldier were going into this, where it was like, okay, Civil War split them up. Bucky was in Wakanda doing his learnings to, to be better and all that stuff, which we got a little in this, right? Then there's Infinity War that happens. They both get snapped, and then they both come back together. It's only been a couple months since. this, And for them to start off here, it kind of just feels like, okay, cool, you can explain it as they're mad at each other because of what they did with the shield. But like to Nick's point there, it's like they literally just saved the world together. You know, and it's like at some point the 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 rival the buddy copness that we saw in Civil War between them, like should kind of evolve a little bit more, and that's what this show kind of turns into. And obviously, the final shot in the show is them together and stuff. I just think that it, it's a it's weird choices that were made. They add up, they make sense, they just feel weird. Off camera, they're probably roommates. Bucky doesn't wash the dishes, and I think a lot of it just comes <sighs> from little things like that. You know, you don't wash the dishes, maybe you don't take <laughs> the trash out <laughs> of time. It's yeah. just like you know, they move out from each other, they move in with other people, and they're like, you know, we are good friends. We yeah. actually do have a lot yeah. of time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a cup of coffee I, with me outside. Yeah, let's have a cup of coffee. Just, just one thing to add. I, I do feel like some of the um, of Sam's hostility comes from not being able to, like, it, it's. There's a lot of that needs to go in it for Sam to understand why he doesn't want the shield. So I I don't think that he fully grasps, you know, at first why he's turning it down. And I feel like uh, Bucky is questioning him and kind of pushing him to think, like, why am I doing this? And that, like, is an upsetting thing when, like, in your heart, you know it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And the, and and you're being thrown now like, hey, one of your closest friends said you were right for this role. And I, I think that all like it, there's so much con- like context. There's a lot of conflict. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like the more I think about it, the more I feel like I appreciate this. The show. See, like, I think, mm-hmm. but I think we're all on the same page with that, right? I think that's the stuff they did get right, and I think that's the stuff where you know it's 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 similar to why we all love um, Civil War. It's because you have two people that you really like, like you know, we had Captain America, we had Iron Man, and they were they were they had they were at odds with each other because of just that one like ideological difference. And with this, we sort of see that too, where Bucky is like, "You should be Captain America. Why wouldn't you want to be Captain America?" But he doesn't understand the bigger ramifications of that because. He's not Sam and Sam even doesn't understand those ramifications until he talks to Isaiah and then goes through the whole process of saying, you know what? Isaiah has one perspective. Bucky has one perspective. I need to find my own on this. And I think that's where the show, all of that stuff really, really worked for me. And I think that's where that's, that's what I like that they, that they were able to kind of dig into that and really nail that stuff. It's just unfortunate that that's like, you know, that's sort of the thematic through lines of everything. And a lot of the action stuff didn't necessarily help that you know some Oof. of it just kind of pulled it back a little bit when we get that statue though at the end oh man a mess 
just the emotionalness oh, yeah. at that point. Oh, yeah, no, I'm totally. I mean, th- that's the thing is like the Isaiah Bradley stuff. Like it, 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 we keep saying that you know the Falcon storyline was so good, turning into Captain America, and, and such a big part of that is Isaiah. It's not just Sam Wilson's character, but it's kind of dealing with what it means to be black in the MCU, both superhero and not. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way that they used the that family, the Bradley family, and like going back to that that area, even just like being on the streets and seeing them play basketball together, and then the different ways that the the the, the code shifts that they have of the way that they're speaking to each other like even sam wilson you know and like being able to see the way that he talks to people around him in that neighborhood versus when he's in louisiana with his family versus when he's just with bucky versus government stuff like all that stuff they did a really good job adding nuance to those those conversations and adding that history of isaiah bradley on top of the history we know in mcu and when i say history i don't just mean the the events that happened in the movies that we've seen but it's like the events they even talk about in those movies or you know the the captain america first avenger and like isaiah bradley telling that exact same story essentially mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. from his perspective that's the type of thing that's like oh my god this is working so well because it's using everything we know about these this world applying it to the real world and kind of making something unique and special and that ends in this statue that i think one of the the dopest parts about it is he fulfilled isaiah's wish of leaving him dead you know it's not just like oh there's this guy and he's still alive and out there like on the statue it says that he that he he died and and all and all that stuff so it allows him to be remembered be known that that he did this great thing and that you know black history is such an important part in mcu history as well uh while simultaneously respecting the wishes of, of this man because you know not everybody asks to have to be the representative of of all of this and have to take all that on their shoulders and especially him he didn't he didn't even get to choose to do this you know sam or not sam uh steve chose to 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 be part of this and he you know luckily he was a good enough man and all that stuff but isaiah was just taken and and turned into this thing and all of that adding into each other i think just creates this amazing storyline that when we look at this both as a long movie and as a television show, I think they did a really good job from episode one to episode six, getting there so that we felt every moment of it so that when it ended with the statue, we're like, holy shit, that's awesome. Whereas I think some of the other storylines, because it was episodic and because of the way the TV show is is uh, formatted, they have these big reveals at the end that are satisfactory and we're looking forward to the next week, right? Like, But so many of them were focused on John Walker. And so many of those moments, whether it's post-credits or final scene, kind of tell the story of a John Walker that is, you know, we see him and at the end of the first episode, instantly we all hate this guy. We have no reason. It's just, you're not Captain America. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Then they try to humanize him a bit and like show the, you know, him in the locker room and all that. And I think they did a good job kind of adding some of that oh wait this is going to be a little gray but then pretty quickly when he starts dealing with sam and bucky granted sam and bucky aren't nice to him but they don't make the viewers sympathize with john walker and them talking about the whole medals of honor and like like the being the worst day of his life it's like okay cool hey we're starting to sympathize again but then the serum thing and like his storyline as it goes back and forth i just think that because of the way that the tv show is handled to go from the scene of him building his uh shield to then what we get the end doesn't feel like it comes together as beautifully as the isaiah bradley thing does even though both of them are dealing with really 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 deep themes and those themes are all backed up with character development relationships and action kev what's up uh i just wanted to touch on two things one uh i i was kind of my my big biggest issue i think i have with uh the the mcu shows is there's just opportunities that I kind of wish we would touch a little bit more on that. And I guess that that really is a problem with me hoping for more than is actually 
happening where like it would have been interesting to see does Isaiah Bradley's or uh, uh, Isaiah's uh grandson does he have any superhuman strength or anything like a hint there would have been so nice just for the greater MCU to see like them plant the seeds like I guess the seed is planted that he has a grandson right yeah um mm-hmm. and then the other thing is uh, you were talking about the code shifting and man I cannot believe and and I'm so happy it happened but we have a moment where an MCU hero is talking to the cops and we see that him you know totally change he he, he uh is talking to them in a completely different manner than when he's talking to uh the winter soldier and it's like it's so powerful that Disney's using this platform to show that and to explain it we we get um winter soldier try to like be like hey, what are you doing like don't don't talk to him this he's way he's a celebrity yeah. yeah and 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 we have um sam be like no you, this, that's not how we handle these things and it's just like shout outs to them <laughs> fucking wild absolutely any any more thoughts guys do we want to talk I, I you guys probably covered this last time around but sharon carter and power broker like I, that sucked, Kinda, right yeah <laughs> just making sure we're all the same. Like well, it was cool it. when she popped up, and then when it became very clear that she was the power broker, and we're gonna go to they're gonna act, and that was like a reveal. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't yeah, like it. This. Was we? I think we all thought it was lackluster last week as well. Especially how like I think Tim pointed out where he was like, "What's with that?" She was like, "Hey, buddy," and then rips off her face, and it shows. Yeah, that was that was me because well, that's that I mean, there, there are moments in the show yeah, that just job, that just do weird things that feel that make you go like, Oh, I don't like the way that feels, you know, like, and it's, it's hard to explain why, but for her to just show up and Hey, Bucky. And, and like, you like to fuck. It's <laughs> big. You heard you like to fuck. I do. I, I'm here. And for her to be like, you know, Oh, they don't know. It's me. I can just blend in behind these lines. I don't know. It just, it felt very like, it felt like a reshoot or, by it the did. end of the show, they're like, "Fuck, we gotta get Sharon back in the show somehow. <laughs> we gotta get her. Have her walk yeah, up with one of those." Yeah, cool test masks. audiences I, didn't understand how she could be back here already. We yeah. need to establish she's on site. <laughs> I, I feel like the start of the last episode had a lot of continuity issues, or at least it felt like there were a lot of continuity issues. But it's interesting that the the what we we saw uh, Black Widow use that technology in was it yeah. Civil War? No, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. That's right. Uh, so cool. it's just interesting, interesting that that's a throwback. Also, I feel like there's, there's a decent amount of rumors saying that she's a scroll and not actually. So I, I'm curious to see, like, clearly, you know what happens when something. we think about these rumors and theorize, absolutely. you know what happens. Absolutely. I get everything wrong. Yeah. I always get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's to that fun. point though. And what Kevin was saying about, you know, that there are a lot of just missed opportunities. Like, it's interesting. Cause like to what Andy's saying, even about like, Oh, we get caught up and people have the thoughts about it. It's like the, the fact of the matter is the MCU has conditioned us to expect certain things and when we see opportunities where we're like well i know where this is going because of every other decision you've ever made on comics to movie stuff it just seems weird when they don't give us just that one little thing like involving eli's character the grandson of isaiah it's like okay it's there but one little step would have really been appreciated and i think uh, another example of that even is the sharon carter stuff in this where it's like you know there are there are hype uh, post-credit scenes in MCU and ones that are good and there's ones that are just like, eh, whatever. And I remember being really disappointed with, uh, I forgot what it was. Was it Ant-Man's uh, post-credit scene that was just a scene from Civil War? 
And it was just like, you know, and it was just kind of like, oh, well, that's not as cool as some of the other ones. Like, obviously not as cool as seeing Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, you know, uh, being like captured whatever for the first time where it's like, oh, cool. We're getting these new characters. We we get what. (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. It's like that's we we see that the only because we're like, oh, they're gonna have mutants. Exactly though, it's like that's cool. Whereas this scene, it's like, have we just heard any reference, seen some hint at who she was talking to on the other side of the phone? I think it would have been a lot cooler than this post credit scene. Didn't really tell us much more than what the episode itself did, which is that Cher is the power broker and is doing some shady shit, right? Like I wanted a little more added to that. And I think when it comes to uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character as well, like who the hell knows what happened with, with COVID stuff and with uh, the scheduling changing of black widow and all that stuff. It's clear that her, her shots and scenes in this show were weird and were not the way they were intended. So I wonder when that's going to be revealed, how that's all going to shake out. Uh, but I, I'm interested in that. It's just, I feel like I wish that I was leaving the show being like, Oh my God, I can't wait to see how all these things pay off. And now I'm kind of like, I can't wait to see how they set this up better to have them pay off in the future, which is, yeah, the that's a this, great way to put it. Keep coming. I think that's a great way to put it where it ended. And I was like, that was, I had fun. But I'm not on the edge of my seat of what does that mean next? Where does this lead in the phase? How is this going to play into that? And yet, like, cool, that was fun and I enjoyed it. And I'm maybe in five years we'll look back and be like, ah, that's how they set that up and did the thing to get us to here to do the thing. Um, Andy? was the post credit scene only her walking out, or was it also her in the, the getting her job back? Yeah, it was that too. It was all of that. It was okay, all like it, one got shot. Got she got the job yeah. back, then walked out. It would have been interesting if it was if, like, if I've was... got an access to everything you could ever want. But who's who are you talking to, Sharon? Make this exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit it with a little bit of that haiku and review. Oh, right. Good point, Tim. Seven <laughs> syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first or last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like Grant Burton did. Grant says, we've got a new cat. (laughs) Now that's America's ass. And Zemo's got moves. Zemo does have moves. We didn't talk enough about his dancing. Uh, Corbin (laughs) 12 says, ass kicking, Buck brings a new captain. Now with wings, Zemo running things? Question mark. We didn't Which talk I, enough about Zemo in general. I loved him. I thought he was great. I, I know Kevin mentioned it earlier, like when he left, you're like, oh man, I'm like, oh man, oh man, I'm all manning Zemo leaving. That's great. Yeah. Bacon guy, you got a name now, and I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zade Wilson says, Sam was the best choice. He's not a perfect soldier, but he's a good man. That's good. That's good. Uh, and then we got, did Miscellaneous do one? No, they did not. Disappointing. Wow. Zach, Jack Schultz says the wings that can flap attached to a cool jet pack. Sam Wilson is cap. And uh, yeah. there you go. That suit looks so dope. The only thing I didn't like about it, the little ears. I know it's like comic accurate. Yeah, I mean, I like I, the way it covers his whole face. Like I love I think, when costumes do that. It reminds me uh, a lot of Gambit. Yeah. But the little, baby, the little ears definitely, popping out. It's, it's weird, definitely weird. odd right around the, like the side, like the nape. Is that what it's called? This area right here? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't perfectly form fitting. Yeah. That's you. the I, thing about it where I think I, I love the look of the suit, but like when he's in it, I think he's still very, it's a very tight, it's a suit that wasn't designed, I think, for 
you know, let's go film an entire movie where you're using it. It's a suit right. designed to look cool here in this final and episode. Comics. So I think when by the time we see it again, it'll be leaner. It won't have as much like shoulder padding and stuff. I would assume. Oh, I thought but, the shoulder pads like dope. It made yeah, I like that too. Jazz. But shout outs to the choreography of him with that shield flying around, just being the forward whip, just constantly whipping the, the shield. And yeah, Dude, the heli- I love that helicopter so scene. Things. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so cool. You know, yeah, you know what? Before we hit Ragu Baggage, you know, helicopter scene, fantastic. Yeah. The fight scene between all three of them was, I think, probably the awesome. most on edge From I was all episode. season. Um, yeah, between uh, John Walker, uh, Cap, well, you know, formerly Cap, or you know what I mean. Um, I thought that <laughs> sequence was intense and scary, and the way it built up was fantastic. And uh, the fight scene between Carly and all of them leading up to John Walker murdering them was also very intense. Like the show, the show knew when to kind of make you feel scared and worried about what might happen to these protagonists. Um, and I want to give a lot of shout outs to just the, the action in general. It was very entertaining. Sure. I agree. Shout out received. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast where we rank all the villains of the MCU, X-Men, and Star Wars universe. Oh, Jesus uh, we, fuck, we I vote to prune the X-Men nope. and Star Wars out? I Come think on. we voted once it's on the paper, we has to read it verbatim. Right. Here's right, what, right. Here's, that was Kevin, funny. I now... hear you. Kevin, I hear you. And we will give uh, the host of this show, the host of interview, Tim Gettys, uh, Five Sucks. seconds to decide if he wants to keep if he wants to kill it. So if you want to kill it, Tim, you have to tell us right now. Four, three, three two, two, one. I'm sorry, Kevin. Your motion has been denied by the host denied. of this show and our <laughs> very prudent leader, Tim Gettys. All right, that's what he's in the restroom. <laughs> is he? There he is. Yeah, uh, nice. Hold on, we'll wait for him. We don't want to. I don't want him to be lost when we get into where we are. I hate you. All right, Tim. So now we're going through Ragu Bagu. All right, fantastic so, stuff. <laughs> Jessica Chastain slash the Zelda mummies. Number 36, Dr. Reyes from the New Mutants. Number 35, these the fucks from Thor 2. Number 34, these ducks from Wolverine. Number 33, Abomination. No, Number 32, <laughs> Apocalypse, duh. Number 31, Doesn't Matter, Deadpool 2. Number 30, Ronin and Guardians. Number 29, Cross and Ant-Man. Number 28, that lady from Ghost. Uh, 27, Magneto slash Phoenix X3. Uh, number 26, Loki in Thor. Uh, number 25, Obadiah Stane. Number 24, Tony. Uh, Mandridge slash Aldrich. Uh, 23, The Vision from Solo. Number 22, Mass Dormammu. Uh, number 21, Magneto in Brotherhood. Number 20, The Dink in Sentinels. Number yeah. 19, Rockwell slash Mickey. Number 18, Ooh. Red Skull. Number 17, Deadpool. Francis Angel Deadpool. Number 16, Cree Jude Ladd. <laughs> number 15, Ultron Ultron. Number 14, Hydra Cap. Wee. <laughs> Uh, number 13, Striker. Number 12, Pierce Logan X24. Number 11, Baconator First Class. Uh, number 10, Mysterious Far From Home. Number 9, Ego Guardians 2. Number 8, Hell slash Grandmaster Thor Rag. Number 7, Loki and Avengers. Number 6, Wanda Agatha Hawk Key. Number 5, Thanos Endgame. Number 4, Bacon Guy in Civil War. Number 3, MBJ in BP. Number 2, The Vulture and number one, Thanos in AIW. Where are we putting the Flag Smashers at, and John Walker? Where are we putting them? At, at what point do you guys space out on that list? 
Because oh, at 27. Right after that. Right after yeah. that. No, I never, the whole way I never That's why I wait out. for him. And Tim's a, a, a consummate yeah. host. I never space out because it's a challenge to me of which ones can I, can I put a face to that name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wanda Agatha Hockey. I don't have an answer. I don't know what we're doing, Hockey. what happened oh, there at the end. I don't know who that is. Remember, if you've never watched one of these before, Agatha Harkness. It, har- oh, ah, there it is. When it, when the, when it auto corrects, we just let it ride. And that's what it is. And then you have to remember here. True. Thank God. I just, it's, I, we it's never unfortunate there's no the options around that. <laughs> Are you not having fun, Tim? You know what I mean. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So entertained. I'm, I'm saying it's unfortunate. You know, there's no. If, if Tim way. had the show his way, we wouldn't be talking about Bucky Fucky. All right. I guarantee, if Tim had the show his way, that's absolutely true. He would not allow <laughs> oh us to talk about Bucky Fucky. So what are we? We're, we're so yeah, the, the flag guys, smashers. Yeah, flag smashers and John Walker. I'm gonna um, put them for this one. Twenty-seven. They weren't great. You want them to be below Loki and Thor, but above Magneto, Phoenix, and X-23. Or X-3, sorry, X-Men 3. Yeah, I'll put that there. Ooh. That sounds good. Wait. <laughs> Bucky. Here's the thing. Flag, Flag Smashers, I think, are like cross in Ant-Man levels of just bad. But I think the bigger problem is I think they they go lower because there was so much potential and that could have been handled sure. uh, very well and wasn't. So it's like a squandered opportunity. Um, I think the same is true with John Walker to an extent where loved him as a bad guy, but there was a couple choices made that really take it down for me. Um, so I, I'd put this probably in the middle of the pack, like middle of the pack. Vroom, vroom. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. I'm right there with you, big cat. Yeah. Greg, uh, I know, name, Kevin name nailed number. it, I think, honestly. Like Greg. I like Loki and I like Obadiah more than these guys. I and the Magneto Phoenix. No, get the fuck out of here. Thank you, Greg. That lady from Ghost. Cross Ant-Man. No, these people suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put them above. Put them above Magneto and Phoenix. All right. That'd be right where Kevin called it. Number yeah. 27. I like Good that, job, Kevin. Kevin. Great job. Flag Smashers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Sharon Carter, I guess. And John the power Walker. Oh, yeah. That brings it down John. several times. <laughs> God, and that should have been cool. A mystery of the power broker. Who could it be that's broken power? So it's like, obvious from oh, the Sharon Carter. Oh, yep. we called it. And oh, they didn't do anything interesting with it. <laughs> they they didn't in their Mass Effect. Not even Remember, Greg? Remember Mass Effect? I remember Mass Effect. God, what are going with Shadow Broker? Shadow Broker, you know? dude. You excited for that legendary Let's rank the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Andy, please, or Kevin, please, bring up the, the rankings. I'd appreciate that very much. So I can tell you that currently, number one, wow. Endgame. Number two, Infinity War. Number three, Homecoming. Four, Civil War. Five, Ragnarok. Six, Winter Soldier. Seven, Guardians 2. Eight, WandaVision. Nine, Avengers. Ten, Guardians 1. Eleven, Iron Man. Twelve, Far From Home. Thirteen, Black Panther. Fourteen, Doctor Strange. Fifteen, Captain Marvel. Sixteen, Ant-Man of the Wasp. 17, Ant-Man, 18, Iron Man 2, 19, Age of Ultron, 20, First Avenger, 21, Iron Man 3, 22, Hulk, 23, Thor, 24, Thor 2, The Dark World. Uh, Who wants to start? I would like to start, please. Go for it, Kevin. Just, I'd like to start opening statements with, this is incredibly difficult. My God, there are some goddamn bangers on this list, but Mm. I think... This should be our new number 14. Oh, my God, Kevin. I was going to say the exact same number. Greg? Kevin, come cuddle me. We, we synced up. We synced up. I felt it. God, some bangers in this list. I had my eye around the same spot. So can we all cuddle? 
Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're all yeah. getting shots. Just We're get that second shot. Let's go. Wear the mask, yeah. Um, so if you're an audio listener, that'd be beneath Black Panther above Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, I think of the strength of of Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther, and I think how perfectly that villain, quote unquote, not really a villain, but kind of a villain, but a villain, but he a killed villain. an aunt or he slapped an auntie. Remember that part? Yeah. But also had really like, yeah, we get it, dog. We get it. I want to put him around 14, but I think about the awesome imagery in Doctor Strange, but was it that compelling of a movie? The ending was fantastic, but... Mm. Yeah, the ending was the strongest part. Oh, uh, man, that's tough. You know what? I I am going to put it above Doctor Strange underneath Black Panther. Right here, here. I go at number 11, um, so above Iron Man, but below Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that really, like, looking at Iron Man, what, what makes it special is looking back and being like, oh, my God, look look how far we came from this. And it was just such a solid thing. And I think the Falcon Winter Soldier is a perfect example of the how far we've come. Like, them dealing with the, the main A plot of Sam Wilson and everything that he's dealing with in the Isaiah Bradley stuff, I think, is handled so well and is so much more important uh, than a lot of the the storylines that we normally get here and i think black panther dealt with similar things as well but to kind of what nick was talking about there's the difference between it being a little uh, more on the nose and literal and i think the falcon winter soldier like took on that challenge that's very difficult more and, of a and, yeah. and, 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 and accomplished it whereas black panther my biggest problem with it's always been the final third and some choices they made the killing uh, kill killing killmonger was uh, i think a bad choice and on top of that like the final fight um, I didn't like some of the story choices made there and didn't like it visually. Um, Far From Home, as I've rewatched it uh, a couple times, definitely doesn't hold up as much as I enjoyed it the first time. Um, and looking above that, though, Guardians and Up, I'm just like, those movies are, they're, they're really damn good. Like, we're starting to deal uh-huh. with, like, real, real, real high tier. And with this, there's just too many elements that hold back some of the perfection that it had. So I, I'm going on 11. God, I'm looking at one through ten, and it's like, it's a, you could hit randomize, and I'd be like, oh, that's a list. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I would be fine <laughs> with it because I just think one through ten are just so so strong. Tim, uh, I, I do want to just that is the other place that I was thinking of putting it, just because I feel like it really just comes down to the fact that like those three movies, they are a little bit tighter. And, you know, they, they might not be as poignant, but they, they I think they're a better watching experience. And that's the only reason. But, like, you're right on the money there. It's it's either between one of those. Hey, Greg, I'm doing a rewatch currently right now. Nice. I vote uh, with the Grand High Order, um, the High Grand Order, that we re-vote and re-rank. Because I think Winter Soldier. Don't do this. Put the foot way up there, man. It's like even higher than six. I thought this was gonna be another Hulk Dark World thing. I mean, maybe bring Homecoming down several spots. How no, fuck dare off. That's, you? That's outrageous. Sir. You're outrageous. Yes. Homecoming is still one of the best How MCU movies watching. I, honestly, I'd bring up Black Panther too. I enjoy Thor that movie better more and more every time I watch it. I just wish the ending um, was stronger on it instead of just you know the same dude fighting. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on this one. I, I kind of, I'm, I would put it a little higher um, than I think you guys as well. I think I'm kind of with Tim where it should maybe go like right below Iron Man. I never want to rank anything above Iron Man, by the way. I know you guys know that. Yeah, I want know. Iron Man we always know. be number one. Sure. But I, I just really do think that the things they set out to do, which was the importance of the show they did nail, which was, which was um, you know, kind of taking the subject of race and the MCU um, and, and just 
taking that head on. So I, I give him kudos for that. And I really, I think, I think a lot of that back and forth was really well done. Um, unfortunately, the action wasn't a hundred percent there for me for on the flag smasher stuff and, and some of the, the way it kind of came together at the end. But I do think that what they did do right, they really was unique and really, really cool. And should be a little higher on the list. I'd probably put like right below Iron Man. All right. Uh, Kev, are you moving your, your vote? Or are you, you sticking at that? No, I'm, I'm going to leave it at 14. Uh, I, I think, though, it is very, very tricky. And, like, the, this list is so, so amazing. Yeah. So just to solidify here so I'm not making any mistakes, who thinks it is better than Captain Marvel? Raise your hand. All of us. Who thinks it's better than Doctor Strange? Raise your hand. All of us. Black Panther, raise your hand. Just me and Nick. So that puts it at number 14 under black panther and above doctor strange uh congratulations everybody we did it another mcu in review in the books i love that we're just going to keep coming back to this so unfortunately longest break than we've had in a while right now we gotta wait loki is coming uh june 11th we will be doing the same thing for that show where every week we do weekly reactions on kind of funny reactions and then we'll do the in review uh to bring it all home and then after that guys black widow our first mcu movie in a very long time coming in july so that is exciting both to disney plus and theaters if you're able to go see it there safely uh andy what do you got for me Nah, it's not what andy's got it's what andy and greg have got andy hit the song you don't got a bag re-ranking the movies with andy and greg <laughs> thank you everybody welcome to the podcast within a podcast here on interview where we rank all the mcu in review so right now the old list was <laughs>